Welcome to a new episode of DevSecOps Talks with me, Matthias, Andre and Julian. And today we have our old guest, Paul, back with us again. Again, <laughs> welcome, Paul. Hey, everyone. Nice to see you all again. Yeah, nice Ooh. to have you back. So, can you give us a small hint what you've been up to since the last time? I think it was three, was it three years ago? It was, it was, two, it was March 2021. I've actually been yeah, on. 2021. Um, okay. Yeah, so it's like two and a half years. Uh, a lot has changed in two and a half years. So, I continued working at Pulumi uh, for a yeah. chunk of that. And then it came to sort of mid mid to late 2022 and it's i i kind of felt that infrastructure as code is not really like floating my boat anymore so to speak mm-hmm. it's like you know it's it it's not that hugely interesting we're we're doing the same things again and again and just a new evolution of the same tool is is kind of not making the same mistakes. It's of course making life better and make, you know, you introduce different constructs, you introduce different layers of abstraction, but ultimately we're, we're still doing the same thing as we were like way back when, you know, Terraform became a thing back in 2009. You you structure the infrastructure and then you run the script to set it up. Right. That's yeah. But do the same thing, but, it's the same thing, right? It's the same declarative step. You you, you declare where you need your infrastructure yeah. to be. But once your infrastructure is there, you can't really do anything with it, right? You can't attach behaviors to it. Like so we we still have this mythical like idea where we would love to be able to do like blue green deploys using our infrastructure as yeah. code tools, right? And it's really difficult because you've got to change variables and you gotta run applies and then change it again and rerun applies and it's 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 not the fault of the exactly exactly (laughs) it's not the fault of the tool it's just the tools were not sort of like the tools have been designed far enough back in advance that yeah the Mm. cloud has changed infinitely right it's changed in such a huge way and we can see with the the tools that are there the complexity that has to be added to the tool to even keep up to where the cloud is today isn't it's it's incredible it's like you know like my my most famous like example i would use there is like the loops in terraform okay like back when i worked on terraform in the hashicorp team we didn't have that right we we used to have very declarative syntax and if you needed loops you needed to do like all sorts of complicated varbool you know coalesques to check and see if something needed to be enabled or not and it was pretty awful right but you know the team have done incredibly well they've been able to bring new language constructs hcl2 has like allowed them to be able to do this but we're we're ultimately as like tools builders or you know people in this part of the infrastructure we're kind of failing our users because we're just creating new functionality in the same way and we're not looking at the end game right we're not looking at what these tools need to enable now what i mean by that is like ultimately we we look back to the start of devops as as where all of this started right and the whole idea of devops was to increase collaboration to move systems or move everything through our system as fast as possible to get like um end value for our users yeah now, if we each of us think about the different places that we've worked across the time, 
we can give a, mm, did we do that? Did we not really do that? Because pipelines are complexity, you know, tools are complexity. We have to bring 15 different tools together. You know, you have one person that brings in one tool, then you got to rewrite a load of stuff into a different tool. Language wars, you know, you've got issue tracker wars, different people have to, like, there's just so much baggage that people bring into delivery of software, right? And then if we even go that far, like there's even like baggage that we bring into writing our infrastructure as code. How I write my infrastructure as code is definitely going to be different to each of you people. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's it's kind of at the point where we need something different. We need to like go walk back the tree that we've been walking this long time, this trail, and intersect it and kind of go in a different direction. And when I left Pulumi, I got very kindly introduced to Adam Jacob uh, of System Initiative. And for those who don't know, Adam is the person who originally wrote Chef uh, way back in like, you know, the early 2000s. And, wait, 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 wait. Um, you know, Chef. So, okay. Sorry, yeah, Chef. Chef. Is that, the is the that... config management cool. Yeah, yeah, the config. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 like... yeah. But that was like face out. That was out, way like... back. <laughs> yeah, like that was right back at the, at, that was before DevOps became yeah, a, yeah, like yeah, a, yeah, an official yeah, yeah. term, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and like, so Adam like showed me this demo of this tool he was building and I, like I had a light bulb moment and I was like, oh my God, hmm. like, you know, that's kind of exactly the types of things that, you know, we need to start potentially thinking in the industry. So like a little about the tool. Okay. Hold on. Um, hold, hold, okay, go on. Before, before, before <laughs> go. you bring us to the future, uh, a question about uh, tomorrow science. Again, I'm uh, li living under the rock, people say, and not and under my rock there is not much except of Terraform. So I was curious how uh, Pulumi was doing by the time you left because I I kind of joined a number of Telegram chats about Pulumi, but no one asked anything and then that seems to be growing. So I'm not really sure what this adoption curve there. Oh, any, so Pulumi's doing extremely well. Like they're, uh -huh. they're like really doing extremely well. So this is now October, 2023. They announced like two weeks ago, they took a series C funding. They have a lot of like bigger customers. They, you know, they All said right. they're in the fortune, fortune 250 um, list you know, to be um, some of their bigger customers are in that list. You know, they they're they're doing really well. The team are like I, I still have a lot of very good friends in the team. I have like no like I'm, I, I'm this isn't a this isn't I didn't I left Pulumi because I hate Pulumi. That's not the case at all. Like for me, like it's it's always been this journey, this evolution. I went from HashiCorp, I went to Pulumi, now I'm onto somewhere else, and I'm always yeah. looking for what that next evolution is. But it's it's a wonderful tool. Like it's it's really enabling a lot of people to do a lot of things. In fact, yesterday they announced Pulumi uh, ESC, um, which is their their new um, tool with regards to secret management. And it's like you can kind of think of it as if if you if you knew like uh, Puppet Hira, 
uh, like which is like a different levels of abstraction across different environments and different secrets and stuff like that. Like Pulumi seems to be puppet hire on steroids, which is kind of awesome. Okay. Um, <laughs> and it, it's it looks very interesting. Like you know, and and so so they're still the, the team are still really pushing a huge amount on, and they're they're like they're doing yeah. a lot. Um, or, and they have. Like- Go on, sorry. Yes, so aren't like Plumid the next step after Terraform, right? If you go back, like you, you write more like your own code languages. So I'm sorry. I'm so I guess it's a different direction. It's a different yeah, okay. direction than Terraform. It's not like an evolution after Terraform. You wouldn't go, oh, oh I've exhausted Terraform. <laughs> now it's time to try Plumi. You know, it, it's much more a case of I don't really like fit in the bill of writing my infrastructure in a DSL. I like a little bit more expressivity of a code. So, you know, I can yeah. use the CDK or I can use Tariff or excuse me, um, uh, uh, CDK or Pulumi. And, you know, so it's, it's, it's a, it's an alternative way to be able to do it that allows you to open up different avenues. So okay. we always, I always talked about it in the case of, if you worked in a company that had a lot more software engineers than operations engineers, then they would possibly feel more at home with Pulumi because, you know, they're in code, they're able to use refactorings, you know, it's, it's yeah. much more native to them. Whereas I've already been told many times before when I gave talks that infrastructure people are happier. Well, they're not happier, but they're, they're okay with DSLs and they fit within DSLs. They're comfortable. <laughs> comfortable is a great yeah. word for it. Yeah. So, you know, I, it's, it's, it's an alternative approach more than anything else. Yeah, with okay, with okay. all the features coming to Pulumi, it feels like it's a set of building blocks. If you're building a platform team, so if you're building, this might be your backup because they bring so many automation features. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Like Terraform is automation of API calling, according to your declarative thing. This yeah. one is much more. It comes with a, a, a big number of flows and resources. Exactly, like as you said, like now a secrets management. So yeah. that gives and, you and, building and blocks for the kind of platform automation thing. That's exactly it, right? And the proprietary product Terraform. I have to get this right these days because, yeah. of course, it's changed. No, um, like you know, that proprietary product of Terraform is is really set up for Terraform Enterprise and Terraform Cloud. Mm. You know, that's yeah. that's yeah. kind of like is, where they really now. are driving exactly, that forward. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. you know, even though tools like Pulumi are are much more. Um, as you quite rightly say, Andre, they have much more building blocks that go with them. You know, they they ultimately kind of work as a different alternative. So, right, quite. What, what's your take on the topic while, while we're here and all this drama? <laughs> you know, I I kind of. I have mixed feelings and mixed emotions on the tofu stuff. One, I think it's, I think it's great that the ecosystem want to keep this alive and that they want to like drive things forward. Uh, my total honest opinion in the other respect is Terraform going proprietary affects maybe 0.01% of its users. And oh. I kind of now feel that a fork in the road is going to create a lot of disambiguity in that ecosystem. You know, like the fact that you can't use Terraform registry modules with open tofu and they're going to have their own, like, it's like as a module author, 
how do you like cater for both, right? Do you no, pick no, one no. side? Do you not? It kind of feels like it's a Docker container slash OCI sort of setup at this moment in time where you've mm. just got two different like things that. that are diverging a little bit. Yeah. And I don't mm. know, I don't know how good that is for the ecosystem. Like I I I, I think it's great because more features will come out, right? Like, you know, you'll have a lot more. I've seen some previews on like flying around where, you know, you can encrypt state files and stuff like that. And which is, you know, some things that people have wanted for a long time. And, and I, I just, I, I'm going to be very, very, very interested to see the play out of this and like, see where it goes in six months time. I think right now it's a hot topic. I will be super interested in March 2024 to see if it's still the hot topic or if people have gone, actually, this is kind of a bit of a pain mm. to have to move yeah. between or have two different versions and, and to see where it goes. The first big player to adopt Open Tofu and shift from Terraform to Open Tofu will sort of open up the ecosystem. And I think there's a little space for that to happen at this moment. So I guess everybody's waiting with bated breath, right? Let's, let's get together in six months. Exactly. But before that, yep. we have system initiative to talk. So I'm sorry for stealing the mic from that. that interrupted the segue. <laughs> yeah, no worries. So system initiative is is like kind of the new kid on the block. Okay, now it's I'll be really frank about a load of different things here today. Right, one. This is something that's been in R&D for four years, okay? Adam and a couple of other people have been building this in the background for four years, and they've thrown away like four evolutions of the product, okay, like to get where it is, okay? Now, in its nature, you can kind of think of system initiative as a giant hypergraph of functions, okay? Now, that's interesting in itself because of so many different reasons, okay? So that's functions connected to functions, connected to functions, connected to functions. Now, that's the, the internals of the system. Now, what that looks like to a user is effectively a modeling screen, okay? It's, it's, it's nodes and edges on a screen that yeah. represent relationships between assets. Now, an asset is, or excuse me, an asset is a, a component a component relating to something that you want to model plus the behavior that goes with that that um, that thing, okay? Now, we can easily equate something like an EC2 instance plus the create, delete, update, destroy, refresh operations. Those all come together to make an asset, okay? Mm -hmm. Now, yeah. let's step back just a little bit slightly to talk about why it's there and what it's about. Okay, so right now, oh, before, before, sorry, before go you for do it. that, let's <laughs> yep. let, 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 let throw something in. What would help people to understand it better is to have a little bit of beginner's mind here. Like, don't come with the baggage of the tool you use today and not try to compare because it will be yep. different. We actually yep. had this yeah. conversation with Paul a couple of months ago when he did a, a private demo for my team. And I maybe spend 30, 40 minutes thinking of that as a Terraform. Yeah, but Terraform, now I have this. How, how, how does it compare those two? I get those terms. You can. No, different you can't. Tools, you're 100% right. Different tools, different so, mindsets, different ways of thinking. Yeah. So, let's, yeah, so let's throw away your Ansible, Terraform, Bloomy, what have you. That's something yeah. else. 
Okay. So let's think of system initiative in a couple of different ways. Okay. So tools that we use today are very one directional. Okay. Like, so I'll take Terraform or Pulumi as an example, right? You usually express everything in code. You open a pull request. You have somebody review it. That pull request gets merged. That then joins the pipeline and pushes its way out into the world. Okay. So that collaboration flow is kind of a bit strange, right? Because maybe sometimes not everything is best expressed as code, right? Code is not a great way of communicating your intent with people. It is just the end artifact of actually what it does. I think that DevOps tools today have actually created more silos than we originally had and that we've actually increased the handoffs between different teams to do different things. Okay, which leads yeah. us into the oh, situation. You, 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 like, you know what? We have uh, <laughs> one recording that we haven't published. I'm sorry, so jumping in, where we spoke about uh, platform engineering, and there I proposed the idea that the platform engineering is the place where like the infrastructure people go to die. It's a silo. Die. It's a silo. It's a hundred percent a silo. Yes. And then AI and what... replaces you there, and like no one. Really and what do they it. do? <laughs> Like what has to happen? The software engineers have to go to the platform engineering team and they have to ask for things to happen and then they go off and they do it in the background and then they throw yeah. it back across the mythical wall. We're back to 2009, right? We're literally yeah. back to the start of what is happening. So we, yeah. so like the system initiative team sort of wanted to reimagine this, right? We wanted to think of what the outcomes are and actually what we're trying to do. So we tore down the walls we looked at what the problem was, right? Software a collaboration is a huge problem, right? It is just, sure. we are social beasts. We do really well when we collaborate well. When we have async communication, things fall through the pipeline, okay? That's just the mm. way life works, right? So yeah. pull requests, I mean, how many people have had a pull request and you open your pull request, you think, what sort of an asshole left that pull request? That's not, you know, because you can't get the expressive intent of text. It's just mm. not really what it is. So they wanted to, the team originally started building this multi-collaboration tool, okay? So multiple people can log into system initiative at the same time and they can be both doing the same things on the same way, right? So we'll come back to that one in a second. The next thing, because it's multi, uh, because um, our current tools are very one directional, Okay, we introduce a lot of risk into our system. Okay, now what I mean by that is, right, you, we could all be on the same team. We could all be open and pull requests to main. And we know that we have a maintenance window to push stuff out into production once a week on a Saturday morning or whatever day it is, right? What happens on a Wednesday afternoon? If there's a serious production outage and we have a lot of code that's in main in our, in our, in our infrastructure as code branch that yep. we are just like worried about the risk of pushing out. Okay. Mm. Now we're in a weird situation at that point because using infrastructure as code tools, we tell people you cannot go to the AWS console and you can't log into boxes and you can't mm. change stuff because mm. the state of the world then is completely misrepresented from the code that you have written. Yep. So we wanted the ability to be able to build a bi-directional flow, okay? So in current tooling today, the code is the source of truth, 
And that's kind of not really the case, right? Because outside factors, influencers change the code. And when you do something like a Terraform plan and the plan looks okay, you can sometimes, you can sometimes do a Terraform apply and it just blows up. It's just the way the nature is, right? So for us, it's much more around continual checking of the infrastructure continue. So anytime you change, um, Anything in the graph, any affected nodes in the graph by that actually make requests out after it's reevaluated the function out to the infrastructure and says, is this right? Do I have to change? Is my state correct? So it's able to like um, understand like what the situation is. Andre. Can, can I jump in as you go? Of course you can. Oh, that's sweet. <laughs> so I actually don't buy all the social like totally buying it because, well, maybe I'm not the customer, but the most of the companies I saw, you would have one, maybe two, maybe three dudes doing most of the info. The team might be bigger, but you will have like those people who do it. And since the system is so big, they very rarely cross their passes. So like I would buy that for coding, collaborative coding. Yeah, sure. That might work. Mm -hmm. But uh, like for infra work, we are just not that many who actually changes the infra. Ah, but this is the trouble, right? What we've done is we have created a silo of people okay, so who need to know is, is the language of so the tool that they're writing in, okay? <laughs> okay. Yeah. And okay, they also that. need to know the layer of abstraction that it's there. So it's known as the 200% problem, right? But, you need to know the layer of abstraction plus the cloud that you're in mm. rather than just knowing the cloud itself. Right, we have created right. these difficult situations. Going back to the code review standpoint, mm. you can't. You have to ask the right people within your organization for a review of your Terraform or your Pulumi or your CDK code, mm. right? Yeah. Because mm. otherwise they're going to look at it and go, the TypeScript looks okay. The DSL looks okay. <laughs> I don't know if the intention is correct, mm, yeah, right? So, like, like, so we we've created this this sort of false sense of only a few people know how to do this. When mm. ultimately DevOps wanted everyone to be able to take care of it, right. Right? or yeah, okay. not everyone yeah. to be able to take care of it. Everyone that should have been enabled to be part of the chain. Whereas we've mm. just gone really wide at the base but we still got this tip of people at the front are the only people who kind of deploy the infrastructure, right? So yeah, it's, again, it's that silo time, nature. Looks, at the same yeah. time, you, you, have a, you have a startup that build a product who they really want all of their people go and spend their time on infra instead of working Totally agree. Totally agree. Totally agree. So different companies will work in different ways, right? But but the yeah. bi-directional flow is, is still, whether you're a big company or a small company, it's still important. Right. Right. It is. Because yeah. again, like if we're all on the same team and you mm. three are working on, we're all working on different features. When we start writing the feature or when we start changing the infrastructure as code, that's the point of which we're basing our analysis on. We're mm. not continually updating the world right. from us. So right. we that's could get out of date very quickly. So that's why it's mm. really important. So the collaborative uh, and the, and the, and the real time sort of aspect here is, is important. So, are, are we now going to be like drag and drop operations guys instead of code? Wonderful question. So, yes and no. 
like I, I'm going to say yes and no. Like, let me continue on the thread, and we'll and we'll see why yeah, that is a yes and a no answer. Okay. Though. Yeah, yeah. So, like, let's think of like. So, I'm going to introduce like a digital twin here. Okay, and I'm going yeah. to put it in the analogy of a of a Formula One racing car. Okay, yeah. because it's a really easy way to think of like a digital twin, right? Now you can't just keep changing the car, like life because that's dangerous and it's like really strange. So you've built a really high product simulation of what the car does and you're actually able to test the simulations, okay? So you can think of system initiative as a way of being able to create simulations of your infrastructure changes, okay? Now, on the digital twin side of it, there are usually like especially in the Formula One world, you can actually link between the simulation, which will be the model, and the real world. There will be sensors that will sort of bring these things together, and it's because it's a real-world implementation. So when you apply a change set or a simulation in system initiative, at that point then, it's ready for you to say, I want that simulation to be applied to the real world. Okay. okay. Now, yeah. it does so happen that it is in a drag and drop style scenario. And there is a reason for that. Okay. Humans think of things visually. Okay. Like when we start to build infrastructure, and I'm not talking about when we start to write Terraform or Pulumi, we imagine we whiteboard stuff in advance right? We kind of draw boxes and we draw nodes and edges and we Mm. sort of like connect these things together. Yeah. So when we look at code, infrastructure as code today, we have to build this mental model of what the code does, how the connections happen, how things are there. So we're kind of like, why would we want people to visually think of things, then Mm. change it into code and then have to mentally model it back why can't we just allow them to mind map build their infrastructure as a mental model and that is real life like infrastructure that's being pinged in the background so yes it's it's drag and drop but it's drag and drop for a reason because it takes out all of that overhead of like trying to reimagine how things are like a great example okay would be in Terraform Pulumi, you have attachment resources. Like, you know, these filler resources that, that you attach like an instance to a load balancer yeah. and stuff like uh, that, yeah. right? That's an edge. That's yeah. all that is. It's just an edge that connects two things. And oh. to try and mentally map that in your code is difficult, right? Whereas in a visualization, you can have the map between them. There's the edge and that edge actually notes the attachment. So, but I also have a Terraforms loop. So if loops. I need to create 10 instances, yeah, loops. Yeah. Uh, if I need to create 10 yeah. instances, which are a little slightly different, but mostly the same, I can just do that through the loop. Would I need to drag and drop 10 instances and create that? So Terraform's nine years old. Okay. <laughs> now, nine, nine years ago when Terraform came out, it didn't have count. It didn't have loops, okay? The language has evolved to where it's needed to be today. System initiative is really early stage, right? Right. Now, we're going to build a lot more functionality to allow people to do a lot more things. So, for example, 
to build a VPC today, you have to drag 27 assets or 25 assets yeah. onto yeah. the canvas and write connections, right? That's yeah. never going to fly. We know that's <laughs> never going to fly and that's okay. So our plan is we will allow people to be able to create that, select the boxes together, right click, extract templates, share that template mm. with the world, share mm. it in their organization, yeah. wherever they need, right? Okay. We're, we're just not quite there yet. But we're getting very close to unlocking a lot of that functionality. So we're focusing more on the semantics of making sure that what we're building is correct. And then we're going to go and add all those lovely bells and whistles on the top that make it a nice editing experience. So, and then system initiative is fully high fidelity. Okay. Full fidelity based in there, right? Now, what I mean by that is. And this is a really important thing. And this is, this is what kind of why I love the product and why I fell in love with the product. Okay. You are running an instance of system initiatives today. Okay. Amazon release a new feature. Okay. You can click on the functions tab, the customized screen right there, and you can go in and you can edit that code. Yes, it's in TypeScript and we'll come to TypeScript in a little bit, but you can edit that code to make it use the new functionality there and then. You don't need to wait for a tooling vendor to pull yeah. that down, regenerate, repackage, push it out, make sure that you're testing yeah. the upgrade path. You yeah. have the full control, right? That is I, I your instance of system initiative. It's yours, fully extendable. Like, And not just that, the most important thing is like, if you have your own security policies or you have your own systems internally that your assets, your components need to talk to. So for example, I know a lot of org, uh, large enterprise organizations before they do things like reboots or like uh, deployments, they have to create ServiceNow tickets. ServiceNow has an API. Like you can embed that as part of your creation process where it just yeah. makes an API request to ServiceNow and it happens. Like it's it's going back to putting much more control of what you want to do. Now, that's our plan. We're not there yet. We're absolutely not there yet. And that's really important to know. But we have given the tools that you can write your own assets, your own mm. API functionality, and you can actually talk to whatever systems you want. Oh, cool. I see, I see what you're doing. So <laughs> what, what is all really about is building your own AWS portal. I so... <laughs> <laughs> you can kind of think of it like that, right? Like you actually could, but kind of think of it as like, I'm going to, I'm going to make you try and think of it in a different way. Okay. Now you open Honeycomb for your observability. You open Vantage for your FinOps. You open AWS for your, like whatever you need in AWS, right? Yeah. Like what do they do? We're having to stitch all these tools together. All of these tools mm -hmm. have an API. Yeah. The fact that they have an API means you can drive these tools from anywhere. We're kind of like, think of like system initiative as a way of collaboratively building a platform without a platform engineering team, right? And that's mm. a bit of a poison chalice by me saying that because we've created like platform teams have like have a lot more specialist tools to do a lot of things and like, and you do have to be really, really sort of understand a whole load of the ecosystem to be able mm. to like go in and work on a platform and extend the platform system initiative you need three resources you can just go in and edit and add three resources it doesn't yeah, matter so. how big or small the platform is and you can make it do whatever excuse me whatever you want so like with terraform and providers i i, I mentioned not to compare but here it's actually kind of 
obvious comparison. So like with Terraform, you have a text files and that calls APIs for you based on the text files. Yep. And here you basically have a visual thing that calls APIs for you. Yeah. And it, it doesn't just have to call APIs. It can actually mm. call other tools internally in your organization. Right. It right. can call, like, if you really want it, I'm sure it could probably, like, drive Terraform plans or Pulumi previews and applies. It doesn't matter to us, right? We don't, like, I know, absolutely. Like, for mm. us, it doesn't matter, right? It's about creating this collaborative tool that allows people to unlock potential faster. And then the cool, other cool thing, and then I promise I'll stop and let you ask me more questions, right? <laughs> the other cool thing is that Terraform is like, or excuse me, infrastructure as code tools today, because they're declarative, they allow you to take it to that state, okay? You say, I want 10 instances running, they're running. For you to reboot those, you got to go and write another tool or you got to do this. Hmm. With system initiative, yeah. it's kind of not that, right? So we can attach any other functionality you want to any asset. So for example, we wrote an RDS component this week and on a right click of our RDS component, you can say, take snapshot, right? So you can start to build this workflow now where you change like this variable and this variable. And then as part of that workflow, I want it to take a snapshot before it does the actual apply. And you can start to build these complex scenarios out. So it's, it's just an API call. It doesn't really matter. I know there's going to be a lot of different things now. <laughs> yeah, I really like that approach because I, I was wondering how would you do if you have to migrate a database? So I'm taking, you create your RDS, you deploy an application, the application use your database, then... You want to migrate the database. You have to take a snapshot, create a new database with the new version, restore, hoping that, you know, making all the things that what happened in between then is actually, you know, safe somewhere. And then you, you shift the traffic. And it's actually a lot of one-off, you know, that you just need to do them once, but they need to happen a certain order with a certain... So, so how, how is the experience there? So there goes the beauty, okay? In our current state today of the tools that we have, we have a DAG and the DAG has to execute in a specific way, okay? You can't choose, I want one of those things to happen in the DAG. It's the whole DAG or it's no DAG, okay? Mm -hmm. yeah. System initiative, you choose what actions to push out into the real world out of that entire list. You may have a list of 15 actions that has to happen, but you care about one today. You can choose just to make that one change, that one reconciliation into the real world. And the most important thing is you can reorder them. Okay. Now, of course, there are specific things you cannot reorder. So mm. you cannot create an ingress rule without a security group, right? That is an implicit relationship that has to happen in a specific place. But you can reorder the entire graph and say, take the snapshot before you do any single other thing in the system. And we're building the, the ability in that list where you can just drag it to the top and it'll happen first before anything else. And it's just a queued action and the action happens in the background. And then you can use the output of that snapshot because it's then a, it's then a real thing which will have a snapshot ID and you can feed that mm. into another part of the system because it's a hypergraph of functions and the inputs are fed down the whole way through the graph. So, so if I understand correctly, I could 
define a behavior on my component that is the database and say, click migrate, and it will go through all the steps that I de define. Absolutely. Absolutely. Brilliant. Like if you can, you can write, you can write your own API action, your own action, and we call it an action. Okay. Like a mm -hmm. behavior. And that action can, that action can do 15 different things inside it. It can chain API calls together. It can make a, like requests to service now or take a node out of the load, whatever you want it to do. It's just going to execute a function. And that function then just does, it just works top to bottom inside it. So like for us, even though, remember I'd said, it's kind of drag and drop, but it's not drag and drop. It is and yeah. it isn't because this is where it comes into that. It is and it isn't, right? This is what we're, we're, we're trying to create this as a, a power tool, okay? This is not just yeah. you're going to use this for your infrastructure as code. This is going to allow you to do a lot more. Now, there, there is a tool that I used quite a few years ago called Rundeck. And Rundeck was like you could build automation runbooks, okay? Or like, yeah. you know, you, you know, like let's think of disaster scenario recoveries where you had a work you had a run book of orders that need to happen in a specific way and run deck would be great because you could order it and you could actually automate it this is kind of like a similar style scenario mm -hmm. you can start to build these complex interactions and it's really nice that andre said you can't compare this to terraform this is why you can't compare it to terraform you can't compare this to the tools that's there today it's yeah. why we're walking back the tree and we're intersecting the tree going in a different direction but uh, from the consumer perspective and user perspective that sounds like an awesome backstage like it yeah we'll think of that as well plat I like platform engineering portal where people can come and click if it's not there they they might do the coding to implement it, but not probably they will not because they have no idea about well, you, AWS or whatever cloud you got there. And it, it could be like you could you could like it liken it more to backstage than you could to like an infrastructure as code tool. Yeah. But back, backstage kind of like backstage plus infrastructure as code tools work together. You know, you need two tools to do the same thing. Yeah. yeah Our yeah. hopes are is that you need one tool mm. to do a similar thing to be able to build your complex workflows and your you know your scenarios and then for us then because we have this bi-direction or because we have this bi-directional flow we're continually looking up we think we believe that the importability of existing infrastructure becomes very easy for us now this is going to be this is where i think that why I fell in love with this product and why I think it has a huge future, okay? Because we're continually running functions to whatever providers we want or whatever APIs we want. What if one of those functions was a discoverability function? What if you actually ran a function that says, get me all the VPCs in the world? Yeah. Okay, in my world, excuse me, not the world. <laughs> Jeez, that would be a, an awful thing to do, right? Get, get me all the VPCs in this AWS account, okay? And then because we have a digital twin, we're able to say, this one exists, so that's fine. This one exists in our world, that's fine. This is new. Where did this one come from? Build a model that's, 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 inside our system. Yeah. And it would be huge, right? Because what Just, is, and by the way, it's very important to say here, every tool has promised that you can migrate easily from one tool to another. <laughs> and I'm not saying that that's the case, right? I'm really not. Like what I'm saying is that, you could then get into a situation where 
the coders, the infrastructure people continued to use Terraform, Pulumi, CDK, the CTOs, the VPs, the management, like in order to visualize their infrastructure, they could use system initiative, yeah, right? Absolutely. Because yeah, yeah. they're they're pulling it in rather than pushing the changes out. So they're building the value, they're building the 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 sort of drive in the product that they want to see. Now, again, it's important to say it's not there yet. It's what we plan mm-hmm. to do, it's what we really hope to achieve. Because I've talked to friends of mine who work at large companies and those large companies acquire other companies every year. And what they said is it's a nightmare because then you have infrastructure here, you have infrastructure there, and we don't know anything that's anywhere. Uh, Each like, team yeah, uses a different about tool. Acquisitions. People yeah. their old companies. Exactly. They have no idea what they got. Exactly. So that's what we're trying to aim towards, right? We're trying to create this power tool that allows people to be able to understand their infrastructure and their thing and and that's all being done in a collaborative approach okay so a simulation okay is the equivalent of a pull request think of it like that in its conceptual terms you can pair on it you can both be on the same graph we can be watching each other actually move the mouse and move stuff around at the same time when you merge it to main or apply it that's when your pull request is being merged, okay? You've already done your collaborative effect. You've done your code review because the graph has executed the whole way down. It's telling you if I change this value up here and you can see it changes everything in the world and it's going to tell you this one's going to recreate, this one's going to update. You can kind of see that sort of ability and only then would you actually apply that to the real world. But, but what are you saying? I, I feel like this is a tool to work in production, you know. As I said before, you know, you you can go into Terraform, you make your code and you push it and the changes are happening. But we all know that things happen then when you run things. And what I'm seeing is that it's, it's no, not really any tool that I can work on production right now yes. with a developer or it's anything. A new, new AWS portal made right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, if if our database goes and it needs to be restored, it's not the developers can do that. They're going to ask the operations guys right to do it. But with this tool, you can have it structured like in a list or whatever, and then anybody can can do the same. So see, that's the way to work with well, the production yeah. environment. Yeah, and like, and I have to give a couple of caveats here, right? Like, we we don't want to build a tool where anybody in your organization can go in and touch anything in your organization, yeah, right? Yeah. Because that's kind of dangerous. Like, yeah. RBAC will have to be a thing. Like, it's going mm-hmm. to have to be a thing where only <laughs> certain people are the, you know, somebody has approved it. Like, somebody is a, a you know change manager or whatever you build within your organization. That's fine. So, you know, but you're essentially right. You can model anything in system initiative, you don't need to wait for a system initiative to create those models and push those into the real world. You have full control. And because you have a model, you can then attach behaviors to that model to do certain things. Now you can then like in the future, we haven't even discussed this as a team. So maybe this is a feature request. Maybe we schedule actions, right? Maybe once a week we take a database backup. Maybe like we do data pruning. You know what I mean? There's all sorts of different actions that we can do in specific ways. But like for us right now, it's about the building blocks. We have to get the execution model right. We have to get that collaboration flow right. We have to get the editing flow right. And I know it's TypeScript and there's a reason why it's TypeScript, okay? And the reason is, is that everyone says they hate JavaScript, 
But at the same time, everybody knows enough JavaScript to be dangerous, right? And if you look at the functions <laughs> that's inside system initiative, they're really simple functions, right? They're not yeah. like pages and pages of TypeScript and like doing lots of different things. We're trying to build a smart editor. You know, just this last week, we've shipped tooltips so that when you hover over like specific types, you get all the available types inside it. You get the actual, like what they relate to. You know, we're trying to write inline documentation that makes it easier to create functions. We're trying to create snippets and autocomplete. And I'm not going to say we're creating like a co-pilot style thing because it's really not that. It's, it's going to be an editor. And like there is a current opportunity within our organization. We work in what's called opportunities, like not sprints or anything. And the opportunity is to stop Paul using his IDE. So because mm. when I write system initiative functions, I write them locally and then I copy them up and everyone's like, right. you can't do that. Like you, you want, we want to be able <laughs> to give you that ability to do it in, in our product. Right. So. Yeah, I think ChatGPT can get cups that. If, if people have no ability with TypeScript, they can order that tools to navigate themselves around it. But I just want to come back to the discovery. I and mean, if that happens, that will be really huge because, like, for instance, the workflow I usually have today is to write the Terraform, like you can apply it, right? You run it through the pipeline. We're just used to that, so we don't feel the pain by doing that. But that, you need to explain what you got to other people. And uh, yeah. the way to do that is to draw diagrams. Yeah. Uh, hey, but needs to be done. Then you have all the yeah. solutions like Cloudcraft, where you could visually drag and drop stuff, and then it will split out the Terraform. Uh, not, not too convinced that that's the way to go. And but um Ah, but so that's an interesting one, right? Cloudcraft is a super interesting one. They have like, this is another tool in the space that is thinking in this same way, right? They're thinking about doing things visually. Now, the fact that it generates Terraform under the hood means that you could be in this weird state where if anybody changes the Terraform and doesn't update the Cloudcraft, you know, you end up in that situation with a 300% sort of overhaul, you know, because you have to know Cloudcraft, you have to know Terraform. Yeah. yeah. And like, we want to take take that knowledge gap to as close to 100% as we can. Like, you know, the closer we are to not having to need no two layers of tools means Hmm. the better we are at understanding what we have to do, which is why the digital twin sort of way works really nicely within um, system initiative because you model a resource exactly how it is in the real world. So an S3 bucket is an S3 bucket. It's not an S3 bucket, an S3 bucket accelerator. It's not an S3 bucket geo-replication resource. It's not all these yeah. 45 different resources that make an S3 bucket. Yeah, It's an S3 bucket with behaviors. Yeah, I think like uh, really this, uh, this idea, it's kind of like innovative in a sense but all the building blocks were built already like you know there are to draw a diagram from a terraform that existed and you, but nobody has put the time to actually design an experience through it and yeah. say like hey this is the whole package all your building blocks are there you probably want to have fin up somewhere like see how much it costs to create it that way. absolutely and so I think absolutely this, this is the best platform to uh, to you know interact with everything not even cloud related but more like thinking about your 
company uh, workflows, like how, how do we work? How, how do we want to see this happen and, and, and do that? So my question is this, like, let's say I want to change something and I'm not allowed or, you know, somebody has to review what I did to make sure that it's okay. Somebody has to approve in some way. That, that's one workflow that I see a lot. What, what does that look like on system initiative? Uh, right now, it doesn't. <laughs> so, so we're trying to we're trying to design we're trying to design these workflows, right? We're trying to understand like the types of scenarios, and we're not going to be able to build everything. Okay, yeah. that's really, really, really important. Okay, what we want to be able to do is build a flexible enough pipeline or a product that people can go and mold themselves, right? right? Because, like, let's think of it: every tool in the world. When as a vendor, as a salesperson, you take this tool and you sell it to JP Morgan Chase, okay? And you have a massive contract for $100 million from JP Morgan Chase. And they say, yeah, but you've got to make this small tweak so that it works within our environment, yeah. right? Mm. And then you take it to the next vendor and you've got to make that small tweak to work in our environment. We don't want that to be, we want people to be empowered, to be able to change the tool. That's where the full fidelity model comes in. We want to give people that ability. Okay. Yeah. So it's important that the tool has to be flexible enough to do that. And you're a hundred percent right. The building blocks were there. We're standing on the shoulders of giants here, but we're doing it based on 15 years of knowledge of where DevOps has gone and where the pitfalls are. Okay. Mm. And most people today, if you ask them, they hate the tools that they use, but they also love the tools that they use. It's kind of a little Stockholm syndrome, right? You'll rip my infrastructure as code tool out from my cold dead hands is what I always <laughs> used to tell people. Right. But I complained about that infrastructure as code tool 20 times a day because yeah. it didn't sometimes do the things that I wanted and it was a pain in the ass. Sometimes I had to fork it. Sometimes I had to send a pull request back. Sometimes I had to wait for that to come back the whole way. So it's, it's you're, you're really right. This is our bet on trying to reimagine DevOps tools. We're not saying that this is the final DevOps tool. We're trying to ignite an ecosystem that can also go and help bring it right mm. so adam the boss like adam describes this really well okay like somebody said but how do you make money on this right and what he says is because this is a very interesting question right mm. especially with what's happened That's in the ecosystem with changes of licenses yeah and we've made it clear right if you want to use this this is open source and i mean it's true open source Okay, you can do whatever you want with it. You can't use our proprietary code to build it and package it because that's mm. our proprietary code as a, as a company. Okay, yeah. but if you want to build it and package it and distribute it yourself, great. You can't use the trademark system initiative. You can call it Joe's Pipeline, right? Mm. It doesn't really matter. You can go and use that. You can build functionality. You can like want it. We know that the largest teams who will want to use this, they don't want to go and invest in building it themselves. Those just like people just pay, right? That's just the way the world works. Yeah. Right. And if you can create this compelling solution, they will happily pay to get that compelling solution in their org. It doesn't really matter to them. So for us, it's really important. This is like, we want this whole part of the ecosystem to get bigger, right? We don't want like yeah. infrastructure is code today. 
I'm not saying it's dead. It's really not dead. Okay. It's going to thrive. It's going to thrive for many more years. But this part of the ecosystem where we need to go into this collaborative flow, it's going to be right now, really the early adopters who want to be part of this. They want to think about this. They want to get this in, like to understand what's going on. And those people can like help be part of the community. They can help drive it on. They can help influence the product. They can do a load of different things, right? Because it is truly open source. But that may then spark them to have their own idea to go and build stuff. And yeah. the more people that build tools like this, the bigger our potential revenue is, right? Because yeah. that's kind of what it is. Like we can have 100% of this pie or we can have 1% of a bigger pie and it's much more money than this small pie. So yeah. it's kind of like, you know, the more people that sort of like drive this ecosystem forward and like you know ignite this ecosystem and you can kind of see this in in tools like dagger and winglang you know they're trying to reimagine how these things work and that's kind of you know this is brilliant the more people that go and try and reimagine this the better it is because we're going to really create the next generation of tooling like I don't want to be using the same tools that we use today in five more years, right? Because I think that would be a complete abject failure. And I think that we would have failed what we do as organizations. I want to be doing better, faster, delivering systems more important for our users and focusing on the end user rather than actually building stuff like that. That is super cool. I think it's a, it's a great way to, you know, bring the community and, and help People, because the, the like it's a journey. You you don't start with a million VMs to manage. You know, you you just <laughs> you you evolve your way into those things. And the, the little five minutes decision that that you know was made five years ago suddenly becomes the the biggest pain in your in your life that you need to fix. And so, yeah. how do you migrate away from that? And so, th- this is interesting because you you can create those uh, little components. Uh, Forgive me if I get the naming right, naming wrong. But uh, how do you share them? Yeah, I was asking ah, about the same thing. How do you like, build them? And how do you share them? So you build them. You click on the editor. You click the button that says "new asset," and then inside there, there's like a load of different like functions. I created. There is a tutorial on our tutorial website that helps you build one end to end. I built an EBS volume and attached all the different pieces yeah. of functionality to it. And there is a button in our website in that portal that says contribute it and that contributes it back into our central system and then we're trying to be quite judicious about like you know we don't want to spread spam right so we want to at least check that the functions are not bitcoin miners and stuff like that and it's going to be created it's going to be promoted to what's called a built-in but you don't have to do it that way like you can keep that within your organization. Like it doesn't really matter. We're building exports and imports of workspaces right now so that you can take backups of those assets. If you don't want to publicly share them, if they're proprietary for your company, then, you know, that's the case. So everything we're kind of going through like layers of changes right now. Mm -hmm. And that's like to make that these, these basic building blocks better. Once we have those secret management is a huge one for us right now. You know, we're building secrets into the product so that, you know, you don't need to rely on credentials and that they're properly encrypted. And like, if you, if you talk to me in four months time, actually three months time, it'll be a completely different, you know, more, almost more production ready every day is about getting it towards being production ready and having that like, you know, available to run within your org. Yeah. I have one last question. 
can you play pranks? Like I give you an example. If a developer <laughs> log into or SSH into one of the VM, can you make it believe like he, he log into like something completely random and unrelated? Yeah, <laughs> like for sure. Because in the resource, you can actually that's it. You you can you can change you can change the resource that comes back, and you say set this IP address to be a dummy IP address, and then it's mm-hmm. actually you, when they try and get the IP address to log into, they'll just log into the wrong one. So yeah, you this can do whatever the, you want. It's, it's your code. It's your code. That's it. I'm so. <laughs> I mean, I like. Take it, like my, my biggest suggestion here is like, keep an eye on it, right? It's really not ready for production today. Like right. it's it's very, very, very important. And a lot of the features that I'm talking about here are things that we want to get to, we yeah. want impact on. We do user studies with people. We help, you know, we put things to them and say, you know, does this look good? Does this not look good? And stuff like that. So keep an eye on it. There's a Discord where you can come and like even be part of demos and stuff like that. In a month's time, we'll be in a different situation. In two months' time, we'll be in a better situation. Every every sort of release is is really great. I'm sure we one. We didn't agree to talk in six months. Talk about news. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, I think with that we're kind of ending up on time here, an hour. Uh, any last questions for Paul? No. no? Do to see back? what's coming down. Yeah. Paul, any last, <laughs> last words there? Do you have any last words for us? Or we, I, we, it's I'll... like, I love, I, love, I love coming on and talking about this stuff, especially people who are practic- practitioners like yourselves, yeah. people who use these types of tools. There's going to be skepticism. Skepticism is really good. Putting it in front of you folks and you folks having questions is brilliant for us because if you have these questions, everyone has these questions. So, you know, this has been a lot of fun for me. I've really enjoyed it. Great. And we will, of course, uh, add all the links and stuff to to the show notes uh, down below. Okay. Thanks for tuning in, though. Thank you. You have been listening to the DevSecOps podcast with Matthias, Andre, and Julian. For more podcasts and notes, go to the webpage devsecops.fm. Thanks for tuning in.